0: So hey there, welcome back. This is Josh, your host at Accelerated Investor. And today, we are going to talk about values and the values that you have created for your own life, the values that you project out to the world through your company, the values that you give to your residents at your properties, and the values that you hold dear with your own family. My guest today is Devin Durant. Devin is a retired NBA basketball player, successful entrepreneur, real estate investor, and leadership expert. He is the author of the book called The Values Delta, a simple and small way to make a positive difference in your personal and professional life. He was a leadership consultant, teacher, and professor at BYU University. He played basketball for the Indiana Pacers. And today, his focus is not only on continuing to optimize and develop his commercial real estate portfolio, but as an inspirational speaker where he's spoken around the world for the past 40 years, he helps leaders and entrepreneurs to help define their values, determine what they value, and then how to make that part of the fabric of their company through their culture. And as we talk about in this interview, I heard a quote once from Dan Gilbert, the CEO of Quicken Loans and the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who once said, If our team knows who we are, then they will know what to do. And that is all about values. Here we go with our latest interview on the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Devin Durant. So, hey, Devin, listen, thank you so much for joining me today on Accelerated Investor. I'm super excited to have you on the show. been looking for this interview for a long time. So thanks for carving out a few minutes.
1: Oh, great to be with you, Josh. I, I I've been involved in real estate for about 30 years. And I just wonder where you were 30 years ago. I love your podcast. I love your content. I had to learn a lot of things that through trial and error that I could have learned through listening to you gathering tidbits of wisdom. So look forward to visiting with you today.
0: Oh, man. Thank you. I'm blushing. Thank you for that, Devin. I appreciate that. Thanks for for saying that. So listen, Devin, the book is out, The Values Delta. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about adding value to people's lives. But I just would love to hear uh, when I when I'm getting to know somebody new and have them on the show, something that they're personally passionate about, something that gets them up in the morning, something that they're working on that really just, you know, gives them energy if they have to put in a long day, you know, 12, 15, 20 hours, the one thing that they're passionate for that they could just keep doing, right? Without any sleep. What's that for you right now? What gets you going? What are you passionate for in today's market?
1: My passion right now is, is helping others succeed. And I know that sounds a, a little cliche, but let me give you some background. I, I've been very blessed as a real estate investor. I started full-time back in 1993, so almost 30 years in. And I was very driven to, to build and, and, and create something of value through my company. But now I'm at a little bit of a different stage in that my two sons work for me now. Mm. And, and my passion is helping them succeed, helping them build their net worth and, and give them all the knowledge that I can. And eventually, I guess I'll have to cut them loose. I certainly don't want to do that. But that, that's really my passion is how can I help my sons be successful and provide for their families and for other people? And at the same time, do similar things for for my employees and other people that I associate with. Face to face, or or through the written word, through my book. That that's my passion today is is share, sharing the knowledge that I've gained, sharing the experiences that I've had that might be helpful to someone else.
0: I love it. And Devin, what about today's marketplace? Right, like from a real estate perspective, obviously the cost of debt is higher. We're in this inflationary market, but just overall from the from your perspective as an entrepreneur, as an author, as an investor, as father. What do you make of today's market and how has it impacted your investing strategy or your strategy in running your companies?
1: Yeah, thank you for the question. It, you know, I'm sure this has been said many times on this podcast is I, I think in every market there's opportunity and it, it just looks different from, from year to year. So, so how can you in a, in a high interest rate period find good opportunities? And, and it may be a, a little more difficult but but again, this is a tough business and, and oftentimes we're looking for needles in haystacks, but but they're still there. they're, they're there in up markets they're there in down markets. Personally, for me I'm, I'm more in a, a hold pattern right now because we've we've been in a growth pattern for the last let's see about five years. and, and so right now it's just take care of the assets, take care of our people, provide a great product and just serve our customers best we can. All the while we're always looking for, for a new opportunity and, and probably not as aggressive as we normally are, but right now, still with eyes open, but but most of all focusing on providing great service.
0: Yeah, you mentioned in your book the values delta about adding value. We're going to talk about that a lot. And from a real estate perspective, when you start to kind of have maybe a pencils-down moment and the acquisitions slow down, it's a great time to begin adding value and really dialing in the operation of the business that you currently have. I also look at just to add to your, your comment that there's always opportunity. Maybe 3 months ago, 4 months ago, I was talking to a commercial broker down in the Columbus market. Just got off the phone with him and talked to him this morning. And you know, 3-4 months ago, 6 months ago, he would say, yeah, hey, Josh, write your LOI and then we'll do a tour. Today, the message is, yeah, come on down, man, come down for a tour. Uh, and, and then we'll then we'll worry about the LOI. So, you know, six months ago there probably would have been a hundred possible buyers to to these assets that we're going to go see right. uh, today. Obviously, that's changed. But we have to keep in mind, right, Devin, that this interest rate environment, the Federal Reserve typically will start to reduce interest rates about twenty seven months after they first raise them. Mm-hmm. So, ru- and, and they started raising rates back in February. So we're roughly six months in. Let's call it. So we've got about 21 more months left. Then they're going to start to reduce rates back down to spur the economy. So if you can make it through this 27-month window and still buy the asset, if you're a long-term investor, if you're three years out, five years out, seven years out, 10 years out, you like the asset, you like the area, this short-term debt structure really is just a short-term thing. You acquire it with a little bit higher cost of debt, but you plan on owning it for the long haul. That's the kind of mindset that I'm in right now. That's how the market's affected me. But I love, I love what you're talking about with adding value, especially to your properties today, your team today. Um, so let's pull back the onion on that, Devin. Like When it comes to value add to the real estate, we talk about adding amenities, turning units, a better product, adding granite, stainless steel, dog parks, dog washing stations. But really, it goes well beyond that. When you're building a company, it's really, as a CEO, is about adding value to everybody that's in your organization, from your residents. To your staff, to your vendors and contractors. And ultimately you you've tried to capture that in this book, the values delta. So when you talk about adding value to people, let's first define that. when you think, Devin, of adding value high level, what does that mean in your own words?
1: Let me back up just a little bit. For for years, I I lectured at Brigham Young University on how to add value to, to a real estate asset, to a property from single family home to to apartment complexes, and I, I would lecture on a semester-by-semester semester basis. So I gave a lot of thought, how, how are the different ways that, that we might add value That just to increase profit? And so I had a 100% financial focus. But over time, I thought, <clears throat> maybe I'm missing part of it. Maybe what I need to think about as well is, is how do I add value to my employees? How do I help them become... Successes when when they when they move on. How can we take that human element and and add value, build character, and help them again prepare for the future? And that, that was really the genesis of the book was how can not you know take it away from the, the physical asset and help people make a difference in their lives. Uh, that, that's simply you know the word delta for those financial people out there is simply the difference between two numbers. So the Delta between 100,000 and 150,000 is 50,000. So how how are we essentially creating Delta? How are we adding value? How are we making a positive difference in the lives of those people that we work with and and that we serve? That's been one of my focuses to emphasize that because one thing too, that becomes very clear is that as you add value to, to the people that you work with, there's really a financial element there as well. It's much more important that we help our fellow human beings succeed and progress and grow. But the natural outcome of that is, is you're going to enhance the success of your company.
0: No question about it, Devin. One of, the, one of the talks I give is what I call the nine traits of elite entrepreneurs. And the ninth trait is what I call the business of business is the people, right? We all talk about, I got to run my business. I got to run my business. Well, yes, you got to run your business. But running the business is actually providing value to the people, whether it's in the form of automation through software. That's a form of adding value. Whether it's in, in, in a kind word of encouragement is adding value. Whether it's in maybe your staff... That you know might be, you know, a lot of employees in the fifty thousand to one hundred fifty thousand range who are worried about retirement. Maybe it's in educating them about how to properly invest and save, right? Maybe it's in obviously giving them more vacation time. They love that kind of thing. But doing more company work functions and culture events so they feel more connected. Because anybody could go get a job. They make a hundred thousand now. Go to the next shop and go make one fifteen, right? But People are going to stay in your organization if there's the added value, whether it's work from home, maybe they have young kids. So these are all just some ways of adding value to people. But really, it starts with paying attention, right? As a CEO, each one of those employees in your business has a different need. And if you have your finger on the pulse of what they need, each one of them, you can add value to each one of them. But you have to care first, right? You have to care about the people in your organization to say as a CEO, as a leader, I'm gonna pay attention to what this person needs versus that, right? So where does it start? Like when you think and peel back the onion on the book, the values delta and begin to create value for other people, other organizations, other properties from a CEO, a leadership perspective, like what is the first thing or second thing or third thing that we can do
1: to identify where and how to add value to somebody else's life? Yeah, beautiful question. That's essentially what I try to do in the book is I ask three questions. The first question is, what are your values, and I'll talk about that here in just a second. And then, what do you value? One's a verb, one's a noun, and then how do your values impact the things you value? And I want to go back to what you just said. You, you mentioned the the importance of just a kind word to those you work with. That's one of the things I'm trying to do is is elevate the value of kindness. It's a very simple thing, but but sometimes we struggle to simply have a kind word for one of our customers or one of our employees. Why not be more generous with, with the kind words that that sometimes we withhold? And that's one of our company priority values is, is simply kindness. You, you also mentioned connecting with other people. That's, again, that's one, another one of our priority values, the importance of connection. Again, it's, it's a value that is, is slipping. We clearly see that with the separation that sometimes takes place through in the social media world. And how can we create that personal connection? So those are values that we strive for. Most of my business is student housing. And so we have a lot of coming and going. And these people need to feel like, like they belong. These young people, they need to feel connected to their roommates, to the management of the property, and certainly connected as they pursue their educational goals. But those are two simple values that we have that have proven to add value. But I think that's the, the first step is just to take a, take some time and say, what really are our most important values in our company? Or just do a, an introspection experience. And what about myself personally? what are the most important values in my life and how are they impacting things that are near and dear to me? I love it. So Devin, if
0: a lot of companies have talked about you know, our mission statement, our values. Your, your question though around what do you value, right? So if you were kind of a leadership consultant, let's say to my company or any of the listeners on today's show, is that one of the first questions that you would ask us to begin thinking about in our organization is what do you value? Is that the way to create values that your company then hangs their hat on? Do I have that in the right order?
1: Yeah, spot on. So we think about that. If someone asked you, what do you value? Well, generally, we're going to say, I, you know, I value my family. I value my friends. And But there's also going to be We're going to arrive at a spot where I value my company. I value my business. Then the next question becomes, okay, what are your values and how do they impact your family? How do they impact your friends? How do they impact your business? And going back to a thought I had earlier is what if one of your values is is simply cheerfulness? How is cheerfulness going to impact your relationship with your children? What about with your, your peers? If you have a cheerful atmosphere in the workplace,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how does that resonate with, with those that you interact with? And very simple thing, hey, let, you know, let's try to be more cheerful around here. It will have an impact. It may be small, but that's what my book is about, is, is making small positive differences with, with minimal effort, frankly. But for my company, one of our priority values is cleanliness. And so we're constantly emphasizing on the cleanliness of our properties. How do the walks look? How do the landscaping look? How does the exterior of the property look? And then inside the property, how are we maintaining a cleanliness level that's going to be pleasing? And for us, again, we're trying to please our direct customer, which is the student. But we're also trying to please the the mother of the student. Who may be wanting to know, you know, how does this apartment Look, will it stand up to the, to the standards of, of some of the parents of our residents? So, so as we do that, that cleanliness value, it's small. But again, ultimately, that's going to land on the bottom line because people are going to think, hey, this is a desirable place and I want to live there. And we're going to fill up and get the returns that we're, we're, we're hoping for.
0: I love it. Devin, I actually have a quote on my desk, which is just on the other side of my office over here. It's from Dan Gilbert, right? I'm a big fan of Dan Gilbert. They won a championship with LeBron James, Cleveland. Sure, Champions sure. Fucking loans and lots of other companies. I think he owns like 30 or 40 companies or 50 companies, some entrepreneur incubator that he started over Detroit that led over to Cleveland. So I'm a huge fan of Dan Gilbert. And he said once, he said, if our team, if our staff, if our culture knows who we are, then they'll know what to do. Okay. I have that sitting on my desk right over there. So this conversation is reminding me about that quote. If they know who we are, they'll know what to do. So for a direct example of what you just described, if they know who we are, meaning we want to have really clean buildings, cleanliness is a value of ours. We want to have the grounds be clean, the landscaping edged The commons vacuumed, smells like Clorox, smells clean, the units are clean. Well, then if the staff, the property management, the landscaper, the cleaner know that that's one of the core values that's permeated down through the organization. And they're they're just there on a random Tuesday at 1043 AM, and they're walking the grounds and there's no leadership there. There's no boss there. There's nobody to oversee them. There's nobody telling them, hey, go pick this up, go pick that up, go pick that up. But the value that's been permeated, that's been been talked about, that's been accepted within the organization is cleanliness. Then that person, the property manager, the leasing agent, the cleaning person, the landscaper, they're going to know this is important to the organization. This is important to me. It's important to leadership. I'm not going to step over that cup. I'm not going to step over those cigarette butts. I'm going to clean them. Right? And then... You don't have to worry so much about being the boss that's just sitting over top of somebody's shoulder, over their shoulder, telling them what to do every day because you've educated them about the value. I think that description sounds like exactly what you're talking about, right? We, we teach it at the company level. We, we, we want it to bleed all the way down through every employee so that then when they have a choice to make, they're making the choice that leads back to the company value,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. Two quick stories my son one time he said to me dad i was at the supermarket the other day and there was a piece of trash on on the floor there so i reached down and picked it up just out of habit and so so, uh, those kind of things become part of us that we want the the world to be a better place and not just on our property but look out for other people's properties as well i remember a time when i was considering buying some properties it was it was a 10 million dollar-plus acquisition, and I was walking, doing a property inspection with the chief maintenance guy. And as we walked along, there was a piece of cardboard there on the the walkway, and and he reached down, picked it up, put it in his pocket, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do this deal because of that one simple act. I knew that there was a culture there that cared about the property, and it was reflected in these properties that we eventually bought. But it was that one small act that I kind of nudged me and said, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to spend over 10 million dollars to buy this place because I want to ex- continue those kind of values, but now I know I'm not starting from zero.
0: Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. Got it. I love it. So we're starting to kind of take us a couple steps back here. So I asked the question earlier: like, we're having trouble in an organization creating our value principles in our organization. We're going to ask ourselves and our team and our staff just to brainstorm around this idea: what do you value? Right. Starts with that. So again, if you were a leadership consultant in an organization or talking to one of our listeners, we we would sit down and then actually execute on that meeting or that talk, that discussion? What do we value within our organization? Again, cheerfulness, cleanliness. What are some of the other responses that you've heard within your own organization or other organizations that you've coached and led? What are some of the things that they've... Give us some some examples or maybe some examples that are out of the box that maybe you heard from one organization. You're like, wow, that's
1: a new one. Yeah, I'll just... uh share a few quickly. One one value is competence. We are a company of competence. And how can we help each other be more competent? Because generally, when, when we bring someone new into in the organization, they're going to have a certain skill set. But, but how can we help them develop their skill set and then add to that? How can we help them be more competent? Another one might be communication. Again, I marvel at how often I don't communicate clearly. And I think, wow, that was so clear in my head. How did I not convey that better? So I'm always striving to enhance my communication. And I see that so much in in other people and other organizations. And I think we struggle sometimes in our verbal communication. But maybe more important in today's world is through our written communication. So much through emails and text messages. What, what kind of feeling do we convey about our company as we communicate with them, both verbally and written? You know, I mentioned earlier this importance of connection. How, how are you connecting with your customer? We emphasize a lot the, the importance of first impression. Mm-hmm. So when, when you walk through our doors, what is your first impression? And how do we connect with you? in a way that's meaningful to you, in a way that's sincere. And those are just some examples of values that could be embraced by a company or individuals. I think if any individual that I would talk to, I would hope that communication would be part of their list of priority values. I just think it's critical in all aspects of our lives, but it's it's an easy way to, to advance your career. I'll give you one quick example. You know, my son, we talk a lot about communicating clearly and uh, eliminating things like, 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 and, and the ums and the hesitations and the I means and and speaking clearly. So when he was coming out of college, he was, uh, he graduated in finance and he ended up being hired by Google, Intuit and Facebook. Mm. He went through their interview process, which is a extremely difficult process. You can imagine the people that apply for jobs at those companies. And he ended up spending some time at Facebook more than anything else. But he he feels like the reason they hired him was because in the interviews, he was able to communicate clearly, communicate in a professional manner. And so that's a value that we talk about a lot in my company.
0: Yeah. I also... Co- relative to communication, for me personally, one of my pet peeves is the word "always" and "never," because <laughs> that doesn't exist. Like you walk onto a property, you're like, "This is never clean." <laughs> like, no, it's clean. It was probably cleaned yesterday, actually, but just today, there's a Frito bag on the ground, or there's a solo cup that just didn't make it to the trash. Or always, like you're always mean to me, or you're always negative. People are not always anything, and they're not never anything. So I've tried to eliminate those two words from my communication because things are always... And this was really advice for my mom. She said, look, things." my mom's very wise, 75 years old, and she's seen a lot and lived through a lot. And she's married to an entrepreneur, my dad, for 53 years before he passed. But she said, look, there's, there is no always and never. In 75 years, people change. Things change. Properties change. Things change. There's no always and never. So by removing that, you start to soften some of these, I guess, more violent or aggressive words because you say like, she's never on time. Well, that's probably not the case. She's probably on time most of the time. Maybe she's late twice a month and that's the time you recognize that she's late. Or the day that she's late, she also might stay late and put in extra hours later right? So you don't know. People are not always anything. So communication to us is a big deal too. And I think eliminating those two words is is key to being a good communicator, is to recognize people's value, what they do. And also when, you're, when there is fault to be found, it's not an always or never game, right? Generally, if people are competent, like you talked about, Devin, they're doing a pretty good job most of the time, right? So let's eliminate some of that stuff from our our language anyway i just had to go down that
1: that's that's a great point josh and and very well well said it reminds me ben franklin wrote a book called the book of virtues and he talks a lot about communication and in a similar vein with always and never just about being humble as we express our opinion that we might be wrong on occasion and and to always recognize that. Don't, don't be so definitive in some of the statements that we make. Right. Agreed. So let's say we
0: have this conversation with our staff or with our family. Maybe it's our spouse. Maybe it's our kids. We're creating some values around our family or around our organization. And we ask ourselves, okay, what do you value? And we come up with a group, let's say maybe three to seven values that our organization or our family or even ourselves are going to kind of hang our hat on. These are our values. What, again, kind of advice would you give around implementation of that or delivery of that so that it really becomes part of the fabric of your organization, your family, yourself? Because a lot of people will take and say, oh, this is our mission statement. Here's our values. They put them up on a wall and then they never look at them again. And the organization acts the exact opposite of the values that they just wrote down. So what about the implementation, the execution, and then having that become part of the fabric of the company? What does it take to actually make that happen?
1: Josh, I feel like I could hire you as a PR consultant for my book because that's exactly what the book is, is, is lays out a pattern to, to do that, to understand what we value and then what are our values. And there's a story in the book that talks about an executive and, and he's asked, what are your corporate values? And he's able to name a couple, but he can't remember the rest. And he said, well, but they're posted on the wall in our entryway. So oftentimes we outline our values and then pretty much forget about them. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to do in the book is to say, simply take one thing that you value. And let's say that's your customer base. And then take one of your values, which might be gratitude. So we're a company of gratitude. One of the things we value is our customer base. All right, for the next week or two or month, we're simply going to focus on how we can be more grateful to our customer base. How are we going to do that internally? How are we going to express that to the customer? How might they recognize that? And so just take a small bite rather than to say, hey, we're going to focus on these 10 values. Well, we're not going to focus on any of them. But it becomes very simple when when we have a list of, say, five things that we value. And again, one's our our customers. And then we have a list of maybe five values, one being gratitude. So for that brief period, we're going to make sure our our customer base recognizes how grateful we are for their business. And we're going to do it in several different ways. And we'll have a conversation together and we'll outline all the different ways that we can highlight and prioritize this value of gratitude during this brief period and at the end we'll assess that and what we're looking for was did it make any difference or was delta created and in the book there's a grading system that very simple grading system where you say here's our starting point this is the grade we give ourselves as it relates to this value and this thing that we value being our customers And then at the end of that period, whatever you designate, you give yourself a grade and did that grade improve? And hopefully, obviously, we hope there's improvement. Maybe there may be times when it makes no difference. But generally speaking, simply by focusing on one value as it relates to something that we value, you're going to find deltas created, positive things are going to happen. Some things will be measurable. You might even see a difference on the bottom line. And some things you won't be able to to measure it, but it'll just be a feeling of, hey, that was a positive thing.
0: I love it. Devin, listen, this is a big question. I just thought of this as we're talking. So I don't know, this might be a whole nother podcast we have to record around this time. Let, let's do it. We <laughs> might have to have to keep this one short, but The world is in a weird place, right? And I think you know every five years, you could say that. My mom said, hey, Josh, every five years, I I was married to your dad for 53 years before he passed. And every five years, I felt like I was married to a different man. In our country, in the world, every five years, political cycle changes, feels like the country is changing. The United States is changing. The world is changing. Sometimes I feel like our country and the world in general has no values. Like we don't know as a country what we're about. And I start, I'm starting to think, well, as we're talking, I'm like, man, if there was ever a way from a political perspective, a, a country leadership perspective, that we could identify values as a country that the country believes in, whether it's education right? Education of, of the, the young, especially, but continued education. That's how you lift people out of poverty. That would probably solve a lot of you know, some of this back and forth conversation of the rich are paying all the taxes. We got to use that money to help other people get educated. But I don't know why I just thought of that. But I just think like our country, if you, if you had to ask, what's the United States all about? People are going to say freedom, freedom of choice, freedom to make our own decisions. And then sometimes I think that goes so far to the left or so far to the right that we forget about what do we value as a country? What can keep us connected? What can keep us on the same path? Probably, let's say the middle 50% of our country is generally in alignment. We value a lot of things. Then it might be 25% to the far right, 25% to the far left. They have different types of values. You can't please everybody. So you look at the United States as a whole or the world as a whole getting these people to now rally around values. And I use this as an example because if we could do it in a smaller organization, five people, 10 people, 20 people, 30 people in our organization, we can have a larger impact on the world, right? So this is really to me about how do we have a larger impact on the world by identifying values within our own family, within our own lives, within our own organization, and then taking that out to the world and say, here's what we value. If you do business with us, or if you're part of our family, here are the things that we care about. That's the way you ultimately change the world, is one small bit at a time, right? Because changing the world as a whole is just so difficult. There's so many people go in so many different directions. But ultimately, I do think, I'm kind of on a little bit of a rant here, but <laughs> I ultimately think that if we could hang our hat and say, in this country, our values are these seven things, plus maybe these other things that everybody else cares about. But here's what we really are about. I think we'd be marching in a much much more seamless way together, right? Even on that big of a scale. So sorry to rant there, but what, what are your just thoughts on those comments?
1: I loved what you just said. That's, again, in my book, I, one of my invitations is let's have more conversations about values. And I think simply by highlighting our values, it makes us step back and think a little bit. How am I living true to my values? And we can do that on a small basis, certainly in our own lives, in our own groups, uh, in our own companies. But I love the broader picture. How do we do that across the country? How do we do that across the world? And just for one example, we are called the United States of America. That's a value, unity. And boy, I'd love to hear that conversation about yeah, we have our differences and I think our differences can be healthy most of the time, but where's the common ground? Where, where are the values that we share and what are the things that, that we all value and how can we use these common values that we share to, to enhance what we value again? If we value freedom, what are the elements, what are the values that will lead to freedom or, or unity? You know, you think about the value of service. Well, what if we all had a greater desire to to serve our neighbor, to serve our fellow men? How would that impact unity? Mm-hmm. Uh, the conversation is endless because values there, that's a long list of values that we could discuss. That's part of the conversation. I love your idea. Think about because oftentimes, Josh, what we do is we say, "Well, these are our values, and the, our values are important to us, and we, we, we use the term values a lot, but then we never say we never define what are the values that are behind the word that you keep using, which is values. Let's look at those one by one. And how might we we magnify them? And what impact are we striving for as it relates to the things we value? But again, on a broad basis, I love it because I think it would make a difference. It would create delta down to us as individuals. Sometimes we feel a little bit helpless what can I do to make a difference? Well, this is just a, a simple formula where, where you can make a difference in your own life. And as that happens, those people that, that are near and dear to you, that they'll feel that as well and, and benefit from the efforts that you might make individually. Thank you for, for going down that path because I feel strongly about what you're saying.
0: Yeah. I'm even thinking kind of as we wrap up about yeah, I coach a lot of sports. I coach a lot of club volleyball, a lot of young girls, high school and, and middle school, and to have this conversation with them, right? I'm about to come up on my next club season. We're going to start tryouts at the end of October. And then we go into the club season. The club season is pretty long, it's actually about nine, anywhere from seven to nine months long. I'm with this group of 10 young girls, coaching them. And I'm thinking now, like, well, what are our values as a team? Like, are we going to be a great serving team? Are we going to be a great communicating team? Are we going to spike the volleyball really hard? Are we going to pick each other up when somebody's like on a bad streak? And if you come up with that at the beginning of the season, says so these are the five values that we have as just this team for the next eight months. And then when you're when you're playing really well, my bet is that you're playing in line with, in sync with those values. And when you're not playing well, when you're losing a lot of games or losing <laughs> tournaments, I can go back to those values and say, girls, listen, we these are the things we identified that these were our values as a team and we're not doing that right now and that's why we're failing. And you could look at that as an organization or as a family and say one of our values as a family is communication. And lately we've been, you know, yelling and screaming at each other. We've but we've not made time for each other to talk. We've not made the effort to hear each other out, right? Everybody thinks they're right, nobody thinks they're wrong. Like right? all these things come up. We're out out of line with our values. If we get back in line, The system is going to be more connected. The family is going to be more connected. The organization is going to be more connected. The 15-year-old volleyball team is going to be more connected because this is what we're all about, the values. That's what I see the benefit of this conversation. So listen, for our audience, the book is called The Values Delta, a small and simple way to make a positive difference in your personal and professional life. The website is thevaluesdelta.com written by our guest today, Devin Durant. Devin, listen, fantastic stuff today. I really appreciate you carving out some time for our audience and sharing, and I look forward to having you back on the show again soon.
1: That sounds great. Good luck with that volleyball team. I have a 14-year-old granddaughter who's playing volleyball. I wish her team would sit down and have that conversation. What are our values? What are we striving for? And so if if you need a second witness there, Josh, just when you're with, with the team, give me a call. I'll give them a little pep talk on the importance of values and working together as a team. And thank you for the opportunity to visit with you today. I've enjoyed our time together.
0: Absolutely, Devin. Thanks. I'm going to take you up on that. The tryouts are coming around the corner. We'll have our team formed up in November. We'll have you on a Zoom call with the girls. That'll be great. Thanks so much for being here, Devin, and to all of our audience. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Leave us a rating, review, comment. We so much appreciate that. And we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thanks. Well, there you have it, guys. Listen, I so much appreciate you hanging in there for that entire interview. And if you're serious about your own life, your own family, your own business organization, take this conversation very seriously. Go ahead and get Devin's book, The Values Delta at TheValuesDelta.com and learn how to not only define your values that you live by personally or within your family, but also how to use those values to build a better, bigger, more profitable organization. If you enjoyed this interview, please open up your phone right now. I would be so grateful to all of you who have given us ratings, reviews, comments, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get your videos. Go ahead and do that right now from your phone. And also don't forget to smash down on the subscribe button so you never miss another episode of Accelerated Investor. So for those of you looking to take your real estate investing portfolio to the next level and looking to pivot from residential investments to cash-flowing apartment buildings, go ahead and apply to be a member of the Forever Passive Income Mastermind at joshcantwellcoaching.com. There, you're going to find more information and be able to apply to be interviewed, to be accepted into my Forever Passive Income Mastermind Coaching and Partnering Program go visit joshcantwellcoaching.com. You were just listening to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you enjoyed this episode and learned something new, help us build the AI community by leaving a review and five-star rating on our iTunes podcast channel. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode. To see passive investing opportunities, visit freelandventures.com slash passive. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of with multifamily apartments, apply for one-on-one coaching with Josh at www.joshcantwellcoaching.com.